Get your notepads ready, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that avoided traveling in New Mexico like the plague. He used to think cowboy boots were made from real cowboys. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We all know what an exciting subject Medicare is, and I'm so happy to have you here sharing the joy with me that Medicare brings to lives all over America. I love to talk about Medicare, but more importantly, I love it when people contact me and say, hey, let's talk Medicare. And why do people figure out that I'm the guy to contact about Medicare? Well, it may be because they have gone to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and they've read my book about Medicare. The title of my book is Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And if you put that in the search engine at either of those two locations, you're going to find a cover with a lazy man on it sleeping away, who would rather do anything but learn about Medicare. And then if you purchase that book and start to read it, you're going to find that the actual contents are not ponderous, but they are a a lighthearted view of how Medicare works and what one should do when one approaches Medicare time for them. And that could be when you're age 65. It might be when you're much older than age 65 because you've been working or your spouse has been working and you've been covered under a company plan. It could possibly be when you're much younger than 65 and you've been on Social Security disability income for exactly two years. That's when enrollment in Medicare becomes um, automatic. for disabled people that are under age 65. So there are any number of circumstances that could be the right age for you to be crossing over into Medicare. But having read Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 and having followed the uh, suggestions in the book about contacting me for guidance and assistance, you will have a really comfortable working relationship with Medicare. And once you have followed my advice, when it makes sense to you, uh, you will find that you really don't have to think about Medicare all that much anymore for the rest of your life. Uh, Drug plans sometimes need to be changed because circumstances change. But other than that, your basic Medicare protections will be solid. They'll be in place. They'll be reasonably priced and you won't ever have to worry about them again. So that's my story, as Randy likes to say, and I'm sticking to it. Randy, what's your story that you're going to stick to today? Well, there's it's a really good story, and I think it harkens back to some of our history on Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We used to we used to talk a bit about a few of our local watering holes, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Harold's. Yeah, Buffalo Chip. Buffalo Chip. Well, I'm going to add one more to that list because Please I do. really I really like this establishment. And it's called the Mountain View Pub. Oh, yes. Yep, yep, yep. And the reason I like it so well is that those of you who happen to be Guinness drinkers, 
mm-hmm. know that there's a right way to pour a Guinness, and then there's the wrong way to pour a Guinness. And most often, people that are not really tuned into that, they will ruin a Guinness just by the way they pour it. And the, and all the staff at the Mountain View really takes care of that really that special thing as they pour a Guinness, they do it right, and they always do it right. And there's one fellow there, I'm not going to name him by name, but everybody around town in Cave Creek will know who he is. He has won the best pour in Phoenix several times, and you are not going to ever get a bad pour out of him. Well, let me ask you this. I thought that uh, the Buffalo Chip staff was uh, schooled in the Guinness and the treatment and pouring and all that of Guinness. Am I incorrect about that? No, they are. They are. Uh, there's just a few things that they could do to improve it, like actually put it in a Guinness glass. I know oh. that I know I know that this really is getting down to the brass tacks. Well, you Guinness people are purists. I understand that we are purists, and you know, obviously, they know how to pour a Guinness, but they don't have Guinness glasses, which would hike. You know, that, that would take up their game. You know, several notches. But I'm not going to complain about their pour. Well, I'll tell you something. I'm really glad we're having this conversation because we met some people on Sunday at Harold's and Harold's has, you may not know this, but they have added on uh, in a fairly sizable way to their rear part of their building. They They blocked off part of the parking lot. So now if the overflow parking is where you need to be, you're going to have to drive pretty far and then walk pretty far back because if the main parking lot is full, you don't have any other choices now that they've fenced off the Buffalo Chip Harold's shared parking lot. But uh, Harold's is now, and then I was sent a uh, an article by Roy, our friend who uh, has the shoulder surgery and the back surgery and everything else. Um, Harold's has uh, gotten into the sports bet, uh, or the, uh, not OTB, but it's sports book type thing. And uh, most of every day is uh, sporting events and betting on sporting events. And we were there on Sunday and we had to ask for a seat outside because there was a band playing, which was great, but we couldn't talk. And so I'm thinking that we've got to find a new place to hang our hats. And it might be that Mountain View is the place for us. Well, I'm telling you that Mountain View is a very, very good establishment. I like it a lot. I like the staff. I like the the food is awesome. And you can't really ever talk down about an establishment that knows how to pour a Guinness. And it's got a pretty nice view. It does. And it does. The, the first few times I went there, I froze my buns off. And so they've installed a whole lot of, uh, you know, um, heaters. California heaters uh, permanently mounted. And so I'm thinking that in the wintertime, that's going to be eating or uh, drinking outside at the Mountain View pub is going to be a comfortable experience. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous view. Yes, it is. It is. The only thing is their parking lot's a little on the tiny side. So it is. You You got to walk up that hill. Oh my God. You got to get, you got to get there when the professional drinkers go. Well, that's going to have to be, I'll have to explain that to Mary. She is not necessarily in that crowd, but I'm going to have to explain that we're going to have to join that crowd in order not to have to walk up that hill. Yeah, absolutely. She's got two fake knees. And frankly, I just uh, don't have the energy I used to have anymore. So I'd rather get there and park in their regular parking lot. Oh, yeah. You and me both. I, I get there early enough with the professional drinkers that I can always get a spot. 
Yeah, well, good for you. And uh, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try to keep it higher on my list of places to go because I think it's a very nice place. It's just, it could be bigger, but it's not. And it's on the edge of a cliff, so it's never going to be any bigger. Well, and you don't ever really want to irritate the staff because there is that cliff. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't want to I don't want to have to learn how to fly. That's for darn sure. Hey, oh, look I, at Doug. Look at Doug. He's flapping his wings. <laughs> and uh, that's the way the story ended for Doug. <laughs> so listen, I've got something exciting that I had not expected to ever announce. I believe the government has put out a new book. This was sent to me by a brokerage, an insurance brokerage firm located in Omaha. And uh, no, they're not in Omaha. I forget where they are. Uh, but they, no, they're somewhere in Nebraska. But um, this book I is news to me, and it may be interesting reading to those who are fixated by Medicare, uh, who want to live their lives around Medicare. Uh, the name of the book is Your Medicare Benefits. I think it's got like 120 pages. It's a an eight and a half by 11 pamphlet type book. And your Medicare benefits, of course, instead of having a bunch of wacky looking old people on the cover, it's got a bunch of wacky looking kids. Like the kids are all excited about Medicare. I don't know why people put pictures of odd looking people on covers of things in the insurance business. But in any event, it says this official government booklet has important information about the items and services original Medicare covers. And then it's got the year 2023 on the cover. So it sounds as though it's going to be a source of research material or, you know, reference if people have questions about what's covered. Uh, the way to get this is to go online. It's a publication of the CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicare, uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services. And it is item number... Where is that item number? It has an item number. Um, oh, boy. I wrote it down on a different piece of paper thinking that I would be uh, duplicating the information on the photocopy of the cover that I have. Well, the name of the publication, once again, is Your Medicare Benefit. So go online and see if you can't get that. You can download it in a PDF file. You can uh, probably have them mail you one. Maybe uh, you can uh, possibly do that. I think the item number is, hmm, you can call 1-800-633-4227 if you want to and ask them to send you a copy. Ah, CMS, that's Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, product number 10116 revised in March of 2023. I don't know if that's when it was originally issued or if it existed before and was revised in March. I've never heard of this thing before, but I recommend it as a potential source of information straight from the horse's mouth, or the in this case, straight from the mouth of Medicare.gov. So that was uh, pretty exciting to find out. I'm hoping it's useful to people. Uh, it should explain some... Uh, some items of uh, services and items of treatment that Medicare offers. And I'm expecting that would tell you whether they're covered 100% or less than 100%, whether they have uh, limitations as to how often 
you can avail yourself of those services. So I think it's probably got all kinds of interesting information, once again, for those who like to have their Medicare questions answered uh, promptly. There's a whole bunch of people, including many of my clients, who really don't care that much. They'll have to deal with that information if they have to. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not, this book won't be for them, but it will be for the detail oriented Medicare researchers out there. Now we have a, one of our favorite listeners is named Steve. Steve's from Texas and he is always thinking he's got his thinking cap on most of the time. So he said recently, hi, Doug, I have some ball buster Medicare for the podcast. I think he might have had a Guinness or two before he decided to write this message. He says, what if you turn 65 and don't have insurance and go past your grace period and you still don't sign up? You're going to be charged a penalty for the rest of your life, and that's under Medicare. Meaning if you ignore Medicare, you turn 65, you're not covered by a plan uh, uh, that is equivalent to Medicare. So the clock is ticking on your lifetime late enrollment penalty. And uh, he said, eventually, when you do sign up for Medicare, you're going to be charged a penalty for the rest of your life. And the same goes for Part D, the drug plans. That's a much shorter period before the clock starts ticking. That's a 63-day period. You can be eligible for 63 days, but if you uh, don't enroll after that period of time, then the clock starts ticking on your late enrollment penalty, your lifetime late enrollment penalty. So Steve goes on to say, what if you delayed signing up and eventually signed up for a Medicare scam vantage plan or Medicare <laughs> Medicrap plan as Randy's new, uh, I'm getting a big thumbs up from Randy. I'm trying out his new nomenclature. What if you delayed signing up and eventually bought a Medicare Advantage plan? Would you still be assessed the penalty? And I'm going to answer Steve right now. I'm going to say, yes, you would still be assessed the penalty because everybody who has a Medicare Advantage plan has one rule to follow. They all have to pay their Medicare Part B premium. Now, with Medicare supplement plans like I recommend and I sell, Medicare supplement plans supplement Medicare. And so if you've got Medicare Part A and Part B, you buy a Medicare supplement plan, and that fills in the gaps and supplements your Medicare coverage. If you were to do against my advice and buy a Medicare crap, a Medicrap plan or a Medicare scam vantage or a regular Medicare Advantage plan, you would have Medicare taken away from you and replaced by your Medicare Advantage plan. But you still have to pay the Part B monthly uh, premium, which this year is $164.90. That's every month. And so if you were assessed the penalty, even though you have a Medicare Advantage plan, you would have to pay the penalty on top of your Medicare Part B premium. And you're going to pay that Medicare Part B premium while you have a Medicare Advantage plan, even though they took away Medicare from you and substituted the Medicare Advantage plan. This is one of the many reasons that I don't feel comfortable advising people to obtain Medicare Advantage plans. Another question Steve has, if not, if you don't have to pay a penalty, 
Would signing up for a Medicare Advantage plan and switching to Medicare Part B be a way of avoiding this penalty? And I'm going to have to answer no, because even though you signed up for a Medicare Advantage plan, you still had to pay the Medicare Part B monthly premium. So buying a Medicare Advantage plan and then later switching to a Medicare supplement plan does not change the fact that you've been paying Part B premium and you are subject to the penalty if you didn't enroll on time. And then he's got uh, another uh, couple of questions here. Almost the same question for an IRMA penalty. That is income-related monthly adjustment amount, I-R-M-A-A, and that's the success penalty. That's the penalty that people have to pay if they earn over a certain amount of money, which for a married couple filing jointly is somewhere in the neighborhood of $190,000. For a single individual, that would be a modified adjusted gross income of around $90,000, and that changes every year. And in these years of high inflation, it's going to change to a more drastic extent than it has in the past. So um, uh, Steve's question, would you still get an IRMA penalty for having a higher income level if you signed up for a Medicare Advantage plan? And Steve, I got to tell you, since the law says that you still have to pay your Part B of Medicare premium, then yes, you will be subject to the IRMA penalty if you sign up late or no, excuse me, if you uh, earn uh too much money. If you're so successful that you have your earnings have tripped one of the trigger points, and there are about five different elevations, starting with uh, ninety thousand for a single or one hundred and ninety for a married couple filing jointly, and they go up for there from there. So yes, because you're still paying a Medicare Part B premium, they will add on to your Medicare Part B premium and your drug plan premium. Uh, you will get a uh, a Medicare, an IRMA penalty on top of what you're paying for those two items, uh, even though you might have had a Medicare Advantage plan. So Steve's, uh, I can I can hear him chirping now. Ah, this should stump the insurance expert with three exclamation points. Steve, I'm sorry, didn't even slow me down. And uh, by golly, I'd like to think it's almost time for a Guinness. Randy and I have been talking about a new place to drink, but it looks to me as though we still have a few minutes left on the clock. <laughs> Randy's going, yeah, let's do that now. Forget this uh, podcasting stuff. So here's a question that somebody else wrote in, not written to me, but written to somebody who has a, a uh, I believe this person's at the University of Oklahoma and it's Savvy Senior is uh, something a question and answer thing I've just discovered. I know Randy hates the word senior, silver, anything that starts with an S having to do with aging. And so I'm not even going to mention it again, but uh, the question here is, does your provider, meaning your doctor, we used to just call them doctors, does your doctor accept Medicare as full payment? You can get the lowest cost if your doctor or other healthcare provider accepts the Medicare-approved amount, as full payment for a covered service. This is called accepting assignment. If a provider accepts assignment for all Medicare-covered Part A and Part B services, period. <laughs> oh, if a provider accepts assignment, comma, it is for all Medicare-covered Part A and Part B services. Using a provider that accepts assignment 
uh, first section under the answer uh, to this question. Most doctors, providers, and suppliers accept assignment, but always check to make sure that yours do. If your doctor, provider, or supplier accepts assignment, and there are three elements, your out-of-pocket costs may be less. They agree to charge you only the Medicare deductible and coinsurance amount, and usually they wait for Medicare to pay its share before asking you to pay your share. The third element is they have to submit your claim directly to Medicare, and they cannot charge you for submitting that claim. How does assignment impact my drug coverage? And the uh, answer is if you use uh, a provider, a pharmacy, let's say, that does not accept Medicare as full payment, some providers who don't accept assignment still choose to accept the Medicare-approved amount for services on a case-by-case basis. Um, These providers are called non-participating. Hmm. So I think that part about drug coverage, we just uh, throw that right out. I should have crossed that out before I uh, went on to read the rest of this article. If your doctor, provider, or supplier does not accept assignment, then there are three little points to uh, be addressed here. You might have to pay the full amount at the time of service if your doctor, provider, or supplier does not accept assignment. So you might have to pay the full amount uh, due at the time of service. They should submit a claim to Medicare for any Medicare-covered services they give you, and they can't charge you for submitting a claim. If they refuse to submit a Medicare claim, you can submit your own claim to Medicare, and there is a claim form that one can get. And the third item is they can charge up to 15% over the Medicare-approved amount for a service, but no more than that. This is called the limiting charge. And those items are about using a provider that does not accept Medicare as full payment. Finally, using a provider that completely opts out of Medicare. So we had a provider that accepts assignment. We had a provider that doesn't accept assignment or uh, Medicare charges as full payment. And finally, we now we're going to deal with a provider that opts out of Medicare. Doctors and other providers who don't want to work with the Medicare program may opt out of Medicare. Medicare won't pay for items or services you get from providers that opt out of of Medicare, except in the case of emergencies. And finally, providers opt out for a minimum of two years. Every two years, the provider can change their mind and choose to keep their opt-out status, accept Medicare-approved amounts on a case-by-case basis, or accept assignment. And I guess they would be accepting assignment for the following two years. Private contracts with doctors or providers who opt out. If you choose to get services from an opt-out doctor or provider, you may need to pay upfront or set up a payment plan with the provider through a private contract. Medicare won't pay for any service you get from this doctor, even if it's a Medicare-covered service. So that looks like there are four categories there. Using a provider that accepts assignment, a provider that does not accept Medicare as full payment, using a provider that opts out of Medicare, and finally, a concierge doctor, private contracts with a doctor or provider that opts out. So those are the four categories. Most doctors are going to be in one of the first two categories. They either accept assignment or they accept assignment and charge the extra 15%. That's a fairly small percentage. But anyway, uh, Steve, I remember, had more than his share of trouble with doctors who were opting out of Medicare. But uh, Randy's going, eh, I'm thinking about Guinness. I can see a, a photograph of a Guinness mug floating above his head. I'm I'm dreaming about 
a proper pour. And uh, anybody that's a Guinness drinker will know what that means. Well, uh, the Guinness company will train you, right? If you've got a staff yes. of people. Yes. Maybe, not would, only, they, would they come to our houses and train us? Uh, well, I'm not sure they would come to my house, but they do. Now, you're going to think I'm teasing, but they do actually go out and uh, will train you and to make sure that you're doing it properly. And according to their science, you a proper pour takes 93 seconds. Okay, I got to ask you a question here. A lot of beer snobs will only drink beer from a glass container, like a bottle, or they will only drink draft beer, which has right. been drawn into a mug. When I go to your house and have a Guinness, which is very tasty, I might add, um, you actually serve the Guinness from cans. And it seems to me a lot of beer snobs would turn their noses up at that. Well, uh, the trick to that is, is that's the only way I can get a Guinness with nitro in it. Uh, uh-huh. if, there, if you go to the grocery store, you'll see six pack, well, eight, probably eight packs of Guinness that are in a bottle. They, that, they are not on nitro. So, uh, that for, a, for a standpoint of a Guinness with a good flavor, not so much. Uh, Tell me about nitro. What is this nitro of which you speak? Well, instead of being high, uh, instead of being carbonated with, uh, oxygen, you know, H not H2O, uh, what is what is uh, nitrous carbon- oxide? <laughs> yeah, that, well, that'd be a, that'd be a whole different deal. What's carbon dioxide anyway? There, it's yeah, uh, CO two, CO two. Instead of being carbonated with CO two, Guinness is carbonated at least uh, in the case you're talking about with nitrogen. So the reason and a Guinness uh, keg, you know, if you were. Now, Lord knows that, uh, you know, someday I'll, you may come to my house and I will say, look what I've got. And I will have put a keg in it somewhere. But anyway, long story short. Your, is your that biggest the, problem then is going to actually get me to leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doug, it's it's Thursday again already. <laughs> your uh, wife is called every day. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the kegs are actually, they're, they're actually on nitro also. And the reason for that is that it creates an entirely different type of head. Uh, the the bubbles in a nitro head are entirely, they're probably tiny, tiny, tiny one-fifth the size of CO2 bubbles. And bottom line is it gives it in, that's where the creamy head comes from is because it's on nitro. And mm. the reason I use the nitro cans is that's the only way I can emulate a proper pour. If I were to give you a bottle of Guinness, you would hate me for the rest of my life because even to me, it tastes like crap. Okay, let's not risk that then. I I was very pleased with what you served me at your house. I'm looking forward to the next opportunity. So let's stick with the cans with the nitro. I know there are some people who use nitrogen in their tires and they pay an exorbitant amount of money with the, I think the premise is that the nitrogen molecules will not leak out like oh. oxygen and yeah, ni- as, and as quickly. Yeah. yeah my, is that nitrogen? Let's see. What's 80% of the air around us. Is that nitrogen? Oxygen's yeah. around 20%. Well, yeah. they, they go with hundred percent nitrogen. I, I don't see the value in putting a hundred percent nitrogen in your tires. Well, as opposed it's because to- you can never find anybody to fill it up again. But other than that. Yeah. Well, also you paid a lot of money, so you've made somebody very happy. Yes. Yes. I, I did that. I fell for that trick one time and mm-hmm. I said, so, so, 
I said, so where, where do you get your nitrogen? He goes, oh, that little machine over there makes it. And I'm going, yeah, right. Exactly right. It's uh, <laughs> Your nitrogen is probably 20% oxygen, which means That's it's right. air. You're putting right. air I, in my tire. It's The air is coming right from outside of your shop here. I can, I'll can i even go out and show you. But anyway, yeah, that's that's the theory behind nitro. Uh, there's a number of now because Guinness has been so successful with nitro, you know, mimicking in a can what you can get out of a pour from the uh, tap. There's other there's other companies have done put their beer on nitro. Okay. And, uh, you can even get you're a Pepsi guy. No, I'm a Coke guy. Actually, oh, I'm okay. both now. I had to buy I had to buy stock in Pepsi just so I wouldn't feel okay. guilty. Well, just for just momentarily look the other way and have Mary go to the store and get Pepsi on nitro. Okay. There, there's actually Pepsi with nitro now. And I'd be curious to see what you think of it. Hmm. Well, I used to work in an office building that had a fountain, a soda fountain in the basement. And this guy would uh, uh, pour, you know, what I thought was Coca-Cola. And I found out later it was Pepsi. Still enjoyed yeah. it. But I know that uh, one day I I got it. I w- got up to my office, took a sip, didn't like it at all. Went down and said, "What the heck happened?" He looked under the counter, and it was actually hooked up to a Coca Cola, uh, uh, you know, container by mistake. And so for I I love Coca Cola dearly, but after having had Pepsi for months and months and months, every morning, uh, all of a sudden the Coke didn't taste that good to me. I had to relearn yeah. how to like it. Yep. No, I I totally understand. Totally understand. Well, you know something, Doug? We should probably get out of here and let everybody return to their normal lives. We're out of time. So uh, I'm going to make a short outro here for the the podcast. Uh, We absolutely appreciate you showing up. You could have been 100 different places, but you weren't. You were with us listening to a little bit of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Uh, Definitely do it again next week because we're going to be here i'm going to cut this short on the outro because the 75 cents is up and you know people are getting nervous we appreciate you coming and we don't want to overstay our welcome so you have spent as i always say about 32 and a half minutes with doug jones the anti-insurance insurance guy from oklahoma no more He's living in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. And I'm going to take him down below 9,000 feet today. I always appreciate that. And I love seeing Randy luxuriating on the beach in Mexico. So come back and join us next time and we'll describe what adventures he's been having since then. Bye-bye.